file sixteen of a treatise of human nature by david hume volume two this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by george jaeger book two of the passions part two of love and hatred section four of the love of relations having given a reason why several actions that cause a real pleasure or uneasiness excite not any degree or but a small one of the passion of love or hatred towards the actors it will be necessary to shew wherein consists the pleasure or uneasiness of many objects which we find by experience to produce these passions according to the preceding system there is always required a double relation of impressions and ideas betwixt the cause and effect in order to produce either love or hatred but though this be universally true it is remarkable that the passion of love may be excited by only one relation of a different kind that is betwixt ourselves and the object or more properly speaking that this relation is always attended with both the others whoever is united to us by any connection is always sure of a share of our love proportioned to the connection without inquiring into his other qualities thus the relation of blood produces the strongest tie the mind is capable of in the love of parents to their children and a lesser degree of the same affection as the relation lessens nor has consanguinity alone this effect but any other relation without exception we love our countrymen our neighbours those of the same trade profession and even name with ourselves every one of these relations is esteemed some tie and gives a title to a share of our affection there is another phenomenon which is parallel to this that is that acquaintance without any kind of relation gives rise to love and kindness when we have contracted a habitude and intimacy with any person though in frequenting his company we have not been able to discover any very valuable quality of which he is possessed yet we cannot forbear preferring him to strangers of whose superior merit we are fully convinced these two phenomena of the effects of relation and acquaintance will give mutual light to each other and may be both explained from the same principle those who take a pleasure in declaiming against human nature have observed that man is altogether insufficient to support himself and that when you loosen all the holds which he has of external objects he immediately drops down into the deepest melancholy and despair from this say they proceeds that continual search after amusement in gaming in hunting in business by which we endeavour to forget ourselves and excite our spirits from the languid state into which they fall when not sustained by some brisk and lively emotion to this method of thinking i so far agree that i own the mind to be insufficient of itself to its own entertainment 
and that it naturally seeks after foreign objects which may produce a lively sensation and agitate the spirits on the appearance of such an object it awakes as it were from a dream the blood flows with a new tide the heart is elevated and the whole man acquires a vigour which he cannot command in his solitary and calm moments hence company is naturally so rejoicing as presenting the liveliest of all objects that is a rational and thinking being like ourselves who communicates to us all the actions of his mind makes us privy to his inmost sentiments and affections and lets us see in the very instant of their production all the emotions which are caused by any object every lively idea is agreeable but especially that of a passion because such an idea becomes a kind of passion and gives a more sensible agitation to the mind than any other image or conception this being once admitted all the rest is easy for as the company of strangers is agreeable to us for a short time by enlivening our thought so the company of our relations and acquaintance must be peculiarly agreeable because it has this effect in a greater degree and is of more durable influence whatever is related to us is conceived in a lively manner by the easy transition from ourselves to the related object custom also or acquaintance facilitates the entrance and strengthens the conception of any object the first case is parallel to our reasonings from cause and effect the second to education and as reasoning and education concur only in producing a lively and strong idea of any object so is this the only particular which is common to relation and acquaintance this must therefore be the influencing quality by which they produce all their common effects and love or kindness being one of these effects it must be from the force and liveliness of conception that the passion is derived such a conception is peculiarly agreeable and makes us have an affectionate regard for everything that produces it when the proper object of kindness and good will it is obvious that people associate together according to their particular tempers and dispositions and that men of gay tempers naturally love the gay as the serious bear an affection to the serious this not only happens where they remark this resemblance betwixt themselves and others but also by the natural course of the disposition and by a certain sympathy which always arises betwixt similar characters where they remark the resemblance it operates after the manner of a relation by producing a connection of ideas where they do not remark it it operates by some other principle and if this latter principle be similar to the former it must be received as a confirmation of the foregoing reasoning the idea of ourselves is always intimately present to us 
and conveys a sensible degree of vivacity to the idea of any other object to which we are related this lively idea changes by degrees into a real impression these two kinds of perception being in a great measure the same and differing only in their degrees of force and vivacity but this change must be produced with the greater ease that our natural temper gives us a propensity to the same impression which we observe in others and makes it arise upon any slight occasion in that case resemblance converts the idea into an impression not only by means of the relation and by transfusing the original vivacity into the related idea but also by presenting such materials as take fire from the least spark and as in both cases a love or affection arises from the resemblance we may learn that a sympathy with others is agreeable only by giving an emotion to the spirits since an easy sympathy and correspondent emotions are alone common to relation acquaintance and resemblance the great propensity men have to pride may be considered as another similar phenomenon it often happens that after we have lived a considerable time in any city however at first it might be disagreeable to us yet as we become familiar with the objects and contract an acquaintance though merely with the streets and buildings the aversion diminishes by degrees and at last changes into the opposite passion the mind finds a satisfaction and ease in the view of objects to which it is accustomed and naturally prefers them to others which though perhaps in themselves more valuable are less known to it by the same quality of the mind we are seduced into a good opinion of ourselves and of all objects that belong to us they appear in a stronger light are more agreeable and consequently fitter subjects of pride and vanity than any other it may not be amiss in treating of the affection we bear our acquaintance and relations to observe some pretty curious phenomena which attend it it is easy to remark in common life that children esteem their relation to their mother to be weakened in a great measure by her second marriage and no longer regard her with the same eye as if she had continued in her state of widowhood nor does this happen only when they have felt any inconveniences from her second marriage or when her husband is much her inferior but even without any of these considerations and merely because she has become part of another family this also takes place with regard to the second marriage of a father but in a much less degree and it is certain the ties of blood are not so much loosened in the latter case as by the marriage of a mother these two phenomena are remarkable in themselves but much more so when compared in order to produce a perfect relation betwixt two objects it is requisite not only that the imagination be conveyed from one to the other by resemblance 
contiguity or causation but also that it return back from the second to the first with the same ease and facility at first sight this may seem a necessary and unavoidable consequence if one object resemble another the latter object must necessarily resemble the former if one object be the cause of another the second object is effect to its cause it is the same case with contiguity and therefore the relation being always reciprocal it may be thought that the return of the imagination from the second to the first must also in every case be equally natural as its passage from the first to the second but upon farther examination we shall easily discover our mistake for supposing the second object beside its reciprocal relation to the first to have also a strong relation to a third object in that case the thought passing from the first object to the second returns not back with the same facility though the relation continues the same but is readily carried on to the third object by means of the new relation which presents itself and gives a new impulse to the imagination this new relation therefore weakens the tie betwixt the first and second objects the fancy is by its very nature wavering and inconstant and considers always two objects as more strongly related together where it finds the passage equally easy both in going and returning than where the transition is easy only in one of these motions the double motion is a kind of a double tie and binds the objects together in the closest and most intimate manner the second marriage of a mother breaks not the relation of child and parent and that relation suffices to convey my imagination from myself to her with the greatest ease and facility but after the imagination is arrived at this point of view it finds its object to be surrounded with so many other relations which challenge its regard that it knows not which to prefer and is at a loss what new object to pitch upon the ties of interest and duty bind her to another family and prevent that return of the fancy from her to myself which is necessary to support the union the thought has no longer the vibration requisite to set it perfectly at ease and indulge its inclination to change it goes with facility but returns with difficulty and by that interruption finds the relation much weakened from what it would be were the passage open and easy on both sides now to give a reason why this effect follows not in the same degree upon the second marriage of a father we may reflect on what has been proved already that though the imagination goes easily from the view of a lesser object to that of a greater yet it returns not with the same facility from the greater to the less when my imagination goes from myself to my father it passes not so readily from him to his second wife nor considers him as entering into a different family 
but as continuing the head of that family of which i am myself a part his superiority prevents the easy transition of the thought from him to his spouse but keeps the passage still open for a return to myself along the same relation of child and parent he is not sunk in the new relation he acquires so that the double motion or vibration of thought is still easy and natural by this indulgence of the fancy in its inconstancy the tie of child and parent still preserves its full force and influence a mother thinks not her tie to a son weakened because it is shared with her husband nor a son his with a parent because it is shared with a brother the third object is here related to the first as well as to the second so that the imagination goes and comes along all of them with the greatest facility End of file 16.